Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Tiger fans, what is up? This is The Chief, and on this episode of the Backdoor Cut, which is part of the Barnburner Podcast Network, the professor and I were joined by Mr. Isaac Simpson, who covers Tiger basketball and Tiger football for rivals, and he hosts the Tiger Sports Report and the Man Cave Pod. With Isaac, we discuss a whole number of Tiger things related to Penny Mania, whatever happened to Sharif O'Neal, the 2018 basketball recruiting class and just how good they'll be, the bomb-ass 2019 class and Isaac's crystal balls for all those top-notch recruits, And last but not least, we talk this upcoming football season and all the hilarious personalities on this roster. But first, we have to discuss the Barnburner's official sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon, a small batch bourbon artfully crafted here in Memphis to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. It is delicious, and it is flying off the shelves. And again, there are only a limited number of bottles left, so run out to a local liquor store and pick up a bottle. Be noteworthy, Memphis. And now, here's our breakdown with Isaac, right after Moneybag. Isaac, what's going on, man? I think you're on vacation right now, aren't you? Yeah, man. Um, down here in uh, Santa Rosa Beach, uh, Florida, right outside of Destin, man. Uh, down here on vacation, man. So life's good right now. So down here for about a week, but decided to join you guys and, and, and talk some, some Tiger basketball and football. Well, good, man. We, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on, especially. That's some dedication uh, calling from the <laughs> beach right now. I really, really respect your game. Oh, man. I, I appreciate that, man. But no, it's no problem at all, man. I can talk sports 24 hours, seven days a week. No matter whether I'm on vacation, where I'm at, man, I'm always down in South Court. Yeah, we're the same way here at the barn. So let's let's launch into uh, Tiger basketball. So I just had a, a personal curiosity question. Since Penny's been hired, how's the traffic at Rivals been compared to, let's say, Tubby's tenure? Oh man, it's it's night and day, I and mean, that's that's not even strong enough. Uh, it, it's been been insane. It, it's for for someone uh, that's an alum of the university, someone that's been a, a lifelong fan, um, lived in Memphis pretty much all my life. I was born in San Francisco, but I've been there in Memphis ever since I was uh, about two years old. So the, I think the interest in the program is probably was under Tubby, especially that, that second year is probably the lowest that I've ever seen it. I mean, right. Playing in a 19,000-seat arena, there were, there were nights where they'd announce 1,200, 1,300. There were nights where there were probably three or 400 people in that building. It's was bad, and that's not what we're used to here in Memphis, man. This program, this city eats, breathes, and lives Tiger basketball. It was just kind of, kind of weird to see that. But uh, since Penny's taken the job, I, it's taken off. Uh, I, you haven't seen this much excitement probably since Josh Pastor first got the job and going back to the John Calipari era. Um, it's been nuts. Uh, like I said, the traffic is probably three, four, maybe even five times what we were seeing uh, under under Tubby Smith. Yeah, you can you can feel the excitement, like the palpable excitement in the cities when you're walking around, like people talking about it, people wearing t-shirts. It, it really is night and day, like you said. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Penny's final last staff? I know he rounded out his coaching staff with Mike Miller and Sam Mitchell as assistants, in addition to his already uh, his, uh, his basketball ops guys. So, what do you think about his situation now on his staff? Whew, man, that, 
staff is when you look at that staff um, and, and you look at uh, other universities around the country, man, I, I don't think there's another dynamic uh, of, of, especially when you look at them collectively in, in college basketball, extremely unique. Uh, you have Penny Hardaway and, and his celebrity, not only here, not only here in Memphis, but just um, over the country. Um, the, it's status of played in the NBA, Olympic gold medalist, all-star. Uh, I mean, how many coaches, college coaches have to have that on their resume? Right. Um, I think Penny and still uh, one of Nike's biggest sellers uh, outside of Jordan. I think Penny is number two on all-time sales for merchandise. Um, and so to have a guy like that as your head coach and a guy who's who's 46, 47 years old, but doesn't look that look, doesn't look that old and and doesn't his demeanor uh, is not that age. These kids relate to Penny, um, and I think he knows how to relate to the kids, whether even in the social media aspect, uh, just everything. Uh, forward thinker. Coming in for this program, he's trying to find out how to bring the student section back and what kind of improvements they can make to the just everything, the whole program, weight room, training, et cetera. So he's a forward thinker, uh, really knows how to relate to the kids, but can also relate to the kids' parents. So um, he's fantastic. And then you bring in another guy right behind him and Mike Miller, um, another guy who has that name recognition uh, that, could, that can go out and has a lot of connections to kids. It's the same way Penny does with he had Team M33M um, in Memphis on the grassroots level. Uh, so he has a connection to a lot of these kids as well. Uh, so I mean, you got you got two guys six eight six nine walking to your living room and walking to these gyms. I mean, it's extremely impressive uh, with the Nike with the Penny gear on. These kids love it, um, and I think they have two guys there at the top that can really relate to these kids. I think unlike any other program in the country. And then you bring in Sam Mitchell, uh, former NBA player, NBA Coach of the Year at one point. Um, he was even doing some stuff on going to grassroots level. Um, he has some connections to some kids in, in 2020, uh, the number one player in the country. Um, actually, um, he has a connection to that kid. So, I mean, you got the NBA experience. That's one thing. These kids, when they come in, want to go to the NBA, and they have three guys right there that, that have done it. Uh, these guys have done it and done it on a high level. And I think no other school in the country, like I said, has three guys that can can really sell that to these kids that have done it. And then Tony Matlock is another guy was – Actually, Penny's roommate, uh, both played for the, when they played for the University of Memphis, um, knows the Memphis area. He's a Miffian, so he knows a lot of these kids. He can get in there, and he brings that college coaching experience, uh, something that none of the other guys on the staff have. So I think it's a, a great staff, a great mix of guys. You got your NBA guys, and then you got Tony Madlock uh, as your guy that has that college experience. So I think it's a fantastic staff collectively. I think possibly the best in the country now. These guys, he has to, they have to go out and get wins on the floor, but – Everything they've done this summer, man, I, I think you have to be excited about the future uh, with this current staff. Agree. I mean, they, it's just such a fun process to watch them on social media, even and, and posting yeah. and posting with your money bag, for instance, and yeah. just being so present in, in the city. They know exactly what the city's been wanting, and honestly, they, they just get it. Everyone always talks about the program, like uh, Norvell, we'll get to him later, but he gets it. Uh, and there's just a special aspect of Memphis athletics that there's just something special about it. And you have to know how to be present in the community and uh, be present on social media and then also handle your business behind the, the coach's door too. So they seem to get it. And I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, man, exactly. I think that's, that's one thing that Tubby just never got. He wasn't a, a guy that, and I, and I want to talk about over. He's an older guy. Didn't, wasn't on social media. Didn't really, I don't think he really knows how to connect with these kids. He even said himself um, about a year in that, he didn't realize, I think, the expectations in the city of the program, which is kind of perplexing to me. A guy that's been along, around a long, as long as Tubby, you would think that he would understand 
passion uh, for this fan base. I think he was kind of surprised that I mean, he's like, man, I'm winning 22 games and we're doing decent. And they're acting like we won five games or something. Um, I, I don't think he really ever understood the city and, and, and the players he was going after. And I, I don't think it was ever going to work. I was one of the, the loudest critics of Tubby. I mean, Tubby's Hall of Fame coach. Like I said, he's done a lot of things in the past, but I think he was never a great fit for this program. I didn't love to hire when it happened. Um, and, and I think they made the right move. I think monetary-wise, and every, on every aspect, you can see that they need to make the move, and it was the right move. I know a lot of, a lot of people outside of Memphis nationally didn't understand what they're doing, but I think if they look to see what happens this summer, what I think will happen going forward, they'll understand exactly why uh, University of Memphis made the move. No doubt. They're already starting to silence some critics, too. And the question is, do we think Tubby ran his Twitter account? I say absolutely not. No. You <laughs> <laughs> don't even remember his password, man. <laughs> Tubby probably never even heard of Twitter. You had to tell me what Twitter is, he probably couldn't even tell you. Right, right. Uh, so we're talking about NBA players, we talked about some the NBA experience of the, the Tigers coaching staff. But let's talk about another NBA player, Shaquille O'Neal. And there were some rumors right after Penny got hired yeah. that, that Sharif O'Neal, uh, Shaq's son, who's a 2018 four-star, who is now verbally committed to UCLA and was originally committed to Arizona, that he was possibly going to come into Memphis, that Penny might give him a look, and that Sharif would be interested in coming. And there was actually some rumors that Shaq was in town in Memphis looking at houses. Whatever happened with that? And was there any truth to any of that? And that was a, a weird situation. And kind of talking about Sharif O'Neal, he's subsequently, I think he is been ruled academically ineligible, is not going to be able to enroll at UCLA this year. That That whole thing is weird, but... I was actually told by a, a real estate agent, someone that doesn't even follow sports or anything, that he was indeed in town. This person wouldn't have had any reason to, to lie because um, right. they didn't have any, don't, don't even know anything about this situation. But they said he was in town looking at houses, which is kind of weird. I don't know. I've heard some things that um, his, his mom's out in California. His mom wanted him to stay in California. Shaq wanted him to uh, come to Memphis and be with Penny. Uh, I've heard those kind of aspects. So maybe he thought about it and maybe they were, were going to try to do it and it got nixed. Um, I'm not sure, but I have heard that he was actually in town um, looking for houses uh, earlier in the, um, in the summer, uh, in the fall last year. So I don't know, man, it's kind of a weird situation, but I'm not sure what's going to happen with Sharif. I don't know if he's going to go to a, a Juco for one year, but I, I don't think he's going to be eligible to play for UCLA this year, but we lo- would have loved to have him. Uh, maybe that's something that'll, that'll pop back up. We'll see what happens, but, um, to go back to your original question, I have heard that there, that Shaq was indeed in town uh, in Memphis looking for houses. Yeah, and to kind of stay on that uh, on that recruiting uh, topic, so what are your overall thoughts on Penny's class this year? I know he kind of started behind the eight ball, but Man. The, you know he's been able to keep some strong talent here at home. And I'm I'm from Memphis myself, so I can I totally agree with you know a lot of people that say it can't be overstated. You know the aspect of keeping the that homegrown talent here at Memphis. It really kind of keeps the Tiger pride alive and gives a lot of people a reason to be interested in the program. Yeah, uh, it, it's when when the, the program has been successful, it's always been the lifeblood uh, of Memphis basketball, uh, keeping the best Memphis kids in the city. Um, and I think that was something that Tubby wasn't ever going to be able to do. Now, it wasn't 100% his fault. I think um, later in the passing area, I think they had damaged the brand, passing, they damaged the brand a little bit. And I think it was kind of, kind of hard. The program was so down uh, that Memphis kids were looking elsewhere. I mean, you see these programs coming in, getting, getting players. I mean, it, it was a fence built around Memphis, but I think that fence opened up a little bit, but I think Penny might be uh, closing that gate, uh, so to speak. Uh, but to kind of talk about the class that he was brought in, man, it's amazing. The 22nd 
uh, ranked class in our rivals rankings. And, and he built the bucket of his class in about three weeks. Uh, I mean, come in, I mean, going from not knowing what we could get done and recruiting under Tubby to hiring Penny and three weeks later having a 22nd ranked class in the country, according to rivals is amazing. I mean, it starts off with the two point guards, uh, the 76 ranked, 72nd ranked player um, in the 2018 class in our rivals rankings, Tyler Harris, uh, 5'9", 155 pounds out of Memphis, Cordova. What he makes up for, I know you hit it at 5'9", 155 pounds soaking wet, but what he makes up for in, in, in small stature, he makes up for it with heart. Kid is a ultra scorer. Like I said, I, he wakes up and gets out of bed with 10 points in the morning. Uh, so uh, Tyler <laughs> Harris is a really dynamic scorer. Um, he's actually the highest ranked player in this class, but I think he's going to, going to be kind of a super sub guy. I think Penny will use him as that super six man, a guy who can come in and lead that second unit and, and put some points on the board. I um, mean, that's something that Tyler can definitely do. Uh, he can shoot the three. Um, he can get to the basket. I mean, he can score from all over the floor, mid-range, do it all. Pretty really, really great ball handler, quick. Uh, so one, one thing he can do is score, and Penny will be able to, to bring him off the bench. Kind of uh, what we saw in, in the NCAA tournament with Villanova, Dante this defensive, I can't even say the word right. I can't even get his name out. But uh, you know, Chinzo, the big ragu guard off the bench, yeah, Tinjo. Uh, Tinjo, yeah. Uh, he did that, and I think that's kind of the the role that uh, Penny envisioned for him. And I think um, he'll be, he'll fit that role well. Uh, I think Alex Lomax played for Penny over in Memphis East, uh, 5'11", 185 pounds. Originally committed to Wichita State, uh, but Greg Marshall allowed him to get out of that commitment. Uh, I think he knew the relationship. Um, that Penny and, and Alo had. I mean, Penny was basically a father figure there for Alo. Alo's dad uh, was in prison there for a couple of years, and he even went for he lived with Penny um, for for several months there. Uh, so Penny has always been his mentor, uh, known the kid ever since he was uh, two or three years old. Um, so I think uh, Greg Marshall understood that relationship, allowed him to come to Memphis. But uh, Alo is the, the quintessential point guard. Um, he can he can, he can score, uh, but he's a guy that. His teammates are going to love to play with. Uh, always in the right spots, get the ball to teams, uh, to his teammates, to able, where they're able to score. Um, that quintessential floor general, great defense, great defender. Um, a guy that's going to get out there and get into the opposing point guard's jersey. Uh, team leader, definitely decorated. Uh, won two state championships there at East. Uh, so I think he's going to fit in very well. Like I said, Penny knows him. He knows Penny well. So I think that'll be a great relationship. Always great to have that type of relationship with your point guard. Uh, Antoine Jones um, is another guy that I'm really excited about. Uh, he's 6'5", um, out of Oak Ridge High School down in Orlando. Uh, originally committed to Texas A&M um, and, and was basically, I think, mutually released uh, from his commitment there. Uh, Texas A&M had had a lot of issues with suspension and stuff the year before. And Antoine Jones, uh, no, make no bones about it, has been known to, to be a kid that's kind of hard to deal with. Um, he's had some issues with coaches in the past, um, but talent is definitely not the issue. He was actually... The, the number one ranked shooting guard in, in this class uh, a couple years ago uh, when I think when he was a sophomore. Um, I think his ranking, um, he's actually, uh, what do we have him ranked? He's 119th in our rankings at Rivals. And, and, and the only reason why he's not ranked, I think he has top 50 talent uh, for sure. I think he'll come in and start at the small forward position for this team. Uh, really athletic, uh, good shooter, uh, can pretty much do it all. Good passer, above the rim guy. Um, I think he's going to be a really big talent for this team. I think he has NBA level talent. Uh, I saw Antoine put on a lot of weight too. Have you seen that, Isaac? He uh, he's posted a lot of Instagrams of him, yeah. you know, working out. And I think his his main goal this offseason before his freshman year was to put on that weight and, and really fill that role at that starting small forward spot. Yeah, um, I think he's I think he's definitely gonna gonna win that job. 
out of camp, and I think he's going to surprise some people. Because like I said, he's ranked down at 119, but I think he's a, a much better player than that, and I think you'll see that pretty quickly. Um, Isaiah Maurice is a JUCO kid, uh, 6'10", uh, out of South Plains Community College, who actually won a, a junior national junior college national championship um, his last year there. Um, he's a kid who can kind of step in and spread the floor a little bit, uh, kind of that, that stretch four. Uh, I think he'll play center, uh, but his position is basketball in his era, and I think he's a guy that's going to come off the bench and really, really help this team. I think him and, and Rainier Thornton is another guy. You could put them in there at power forward and center, and two guys that can step out, hit threes, that could give the opposing defenses some problems. I think he's going to be a guy that can contribute this year. Uh, David Wingate um, is a three-star kid, 6'7", 185 pounds, played at Bull City Prep in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, kind of a weird way that he ended up here. Uh, Isaiah Maurice, his coach was here when Isaiah Maurice was here for a visit. He told Penny, what else, asked Penny, what else did he need? And Penny said that they could always use shooting. Uh, so he said, I knew a kid uh, named David Winget, um, actually a Native American kid, didn't start playing basketball until late, uh, was playing on the Indian reservation, um, and ended up playing AAU and really had a good summer. Um, and Memphis, I think Memphis got a gym here. Uh, I think he's a player that kind of flew under the radar, a uh, really good, good shooter, uh, kind of in a point forward mode, um, kind of similar to Antoine Jones. I think him or Antoine Jones can both play one through three, uh, maybe even some, some four in really small lineups. But uh, Winchett is a high, high basketball IQ player, can shoot it uh, from all over the floor, uh, great passer. Um, and I, I think he's going to get some minutes, some significant minutes on this team. Um, because they definitely need some some guys out there that can shoot, and I think Winget probably will be the best peer shooter on the team. So I'm really excited about his prospects. Um, you also have Jaden Hardaway, two star, who's, who's Penny's son. Uh, he could out of IMG Academy. He could end up redshirting this year. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and also Ryan Boyce is another kid who committed here late. Played played for Penny Team Penny. Uh, so he has that relationship with Penny out of Houston High School. So look at the seven man class, man. I, I think it's amazing to be able to to put that class together in the, in the time that he did and come out top 25 class in the country, man. It's amazing. And I think this team is poised for a tournament run this year. Wow. That, that's a great segue into my uh, next question there. So obviously Penny hit the ground, you know, hit the, hit the ground running as soon as he got the job. And, you know, it seems that some pundits don't have the Tigers particularly high in the American this year. What do you see? Who do you see as a main competition in the AAC this year? And I guess what is the ceiling that you see for this team? So you mentioned the tournament. You know, we're all hoping we can get back there. Should Tiger fans kind of temper their expectations, or is that like a realistic thing that we should be shooting for? And I, I think it's realistic, especially when you you take a look around AAC and you look at teams like uh, Cincinnati and Houston and, and all the talent that they lost. When, on paper, uh, there is no doubt that, that Memphis is the most talented team in the conference. Now, it, it always goes with wins. Uh, we're, we're talking about what these guys can do on paper, but there are a lot of freshmen here, a lot of guys who haven't played on a D1 level. So we'll see what, what happens. But on paper, they're definitely the most talented. I think the, the, the usual suspects will be, be around UCF is going to be really good. Um, um, they, they have a senior-laden team. Um, a lot of their guys come, came back. But like I said, Cincinnati lost a lot. Wichita State lost a lot. And Houston lost a lot. I, I think Central Florida is going to be right there. And, uh, with, with the coaches they have, Cincinnati and Wichita State is going to be around, but I, I think Memphis is going to is going to win this conference. Uh, I think one advantage they do have um, is the AAC tournament is going to be here in Memphis uh, at the FedEx Forum uh, this year, uh, so that should be really exciting. Um, but but with the talent they have on this team, um, I know Penny has never coached a D1 game. I know a lot of 
the, the, the naysayers, especially outside of Memphis, the, the criticism that they get is, can, can he coach? Because it's different moving from AAU and high school. Well, it is a jump, but Penny has been around basketball all his life. I mean, this guy eat, dreams, sleeps, and everything basketball. Uh, Penny, Penny is basketball, and if you have the type of talent that he has, I think he'll be able to get these guys to go out there and play and play hard for him. And uh, I, I just, I just don't see any reason why this team doesn't make the tournament. I mean, you look at AAC, and usually they get to get three teams in, usually two or three teams. And I, I think this team will finish in the top three. I actually think they'll win it. I think that not only will they win the, the overall regular season title, I think they'll win the conference title as well. Um, and I think Memphis will return to the NCAA tournament this season. Um, and I don't think it's going to be even close. I think they'll, they'll make it pretty handily. And that's something that's exciting uh, to, cause it's, it's been a while. Um, and I think this city is, is just sitting back waiting, holding their breath for, for Tiger basketball to be back. And I think we're on the cusp of that right now. And I think it's going to be great this year. And I think it could be even amazing 2019 if they get done and recruiting what I think they could get done. It's so true. In the AAC, it's been said before, but in the AAC, you can really overwhelm people with talent. Now, you don't yeah. necessarily have to outcoach Greg Marshall, uh, but you can certainly outtalent him. And, and that's a conference that's unlike a lot of the Power Five conferences. So even if Penny isn't the coach that we all may we all think he is, reasonably so, he can still overwhelm him with talent. Yeah, uh, there's no no doubt about that. Like I said, talent in the AAC especially. Uh, look at look at the way that these teams. Are. I mean, you do have Greg Marshall. Like I said, a guy who his resume speaks for himself. But uh, Memphis, I think, you look at what Wichita State's bringing back, Memphis is just so much more talented than what Greg Marshall has. I, I give Marshall credit because, like I said, I, that's why I said I think they'll still be somewhere around the top of the conference. But I, I just think Memphis has so much talent on his team, so much versatility. You got the ball handle. You got four guys. And you got Jeremiah Martin coming back. Um, you got Alex Lomax. You got Tyler Harris. Uh, Kareem Bruton is even a guy who was inconsistent a little bit at times last year, but showed that he can get to the basket, good ball handling, and make big shots. Uh, hit a game winner against Temple and hit another big shot, I think, um, in, in an AAC tournament last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, I mean, you got all that ball handling, you got versatility. Like I said, Antoine Jones is another guy who can handle the basketball. David Winget can handle the basketball. Um, you got two bigs and Rainier Thornton and Isaiah Morris that can, uh, Isaiah Maurice that can come in and stretch the floor. So a lot of versatility, a lot of things Penny can do, mix and, mix and match these lineups, and I think they're going to be able to overwhelm some teams. Um, they got guys at, at the guard position and Jeremiah Martin and uh, Alex Lomax who are really good defenders. I mean, they pretty much have it all. I mean, the way you can mix and match these guys, I'm just excited to see how he deploys uh, all the talent that he has and how he uses them in different lineups. But I, I just think they're going to overwhelm some teams um, in the AAC, and I think they're going to do very well. I agree. So 2018, we're turning bound. You heard it here, Tiger fans. Let's <laughs> move on to 2019, uh, perhaps even more exciting, if that's an impossible Man. prospect. And let's, uh, let's start with a quick development that happened uh, last week or the week before. DJ Jeffries, all yeah. uh, branch high school player, played for Team Penny as well, and, and has played for the AU circuit here locally. He is a top 50 wing player, in, uh, in no matter what recruiting metric you look at, and was originally committed to Kentucky. Uh, committed earlier this year, committed shortly before Penny was hired. Many think Cal wanted him committed before Penny got hired because he didn't want yeah. to see DJ Jeffries say sayonara and head to Memphis and also wanted DJ to recruit James Wiseman and other local Memphis guys. So what are your thoughts on DJ Jeffries decommitting from Kentucky and uh, where can we expect to see DJ heading in the future potentially? Yeah, man, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think it was actually a day before, no more than two days before uh, Penny got the job. He committed 
to Kentucky, and, and his his dad, Corey Jeffries, did an interview on, on a local station um, in, in Memphis during that time, um, and he said that if Penny got the job at Memphis, that, that would change some things. And that kind of always stuck out to me. I never forgot that, uh, even though it appeared that his commitment was solid. Um, I said all the time that I think there might become a point where, especially because you look at Kentucky and the guys that they're usually recruit. I mean, DJ Jeffries had dropped to maybe in the 70s at one point. Uh, didn't he had a really good summer and jumped jump back up? I think we have him at 46th right now. But he had dropped down a lot. He hadn't played well. Uh, was kind of inconsistent there. And I think he stopped feeling the love from Kentucky. Um, and I, and I, I kind of foreshadowed that early on after he committed that there would become a point where he might become an afterthought and he might get – Kentucky might start over-recruiting over him, uh, recruiting over his head. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why he did commit it on top of Penny getting the job. Um, I think that DJ Jeffries is a Memphis Tiger shoe, and I've heard Mississippi State – I've heard Josh Pastner is trying to get involved um, down at Georgia Tech. Uh, but when, when you look at this, uh, I, think, I think DJ Jeffries is going to be a Tiger. I think that's the main reason why he decommitted. You can, you can uh, his dad did another interview recently, and they're, they're talking about, already talking about uh, how he could fit in with some of the other guys that Memphis, Trenton, Trenton Rockford or James Wiseman or some of the other guys that Memphis could possibly recruit. They're already talking about how DJ fits in with those guys. Uh, so I think he, they're going to take their visits. Um, his dad said they're going to take a take a couple of visits. I think Ole Miss might get a visit. Mississippi State, Memphis, obviously, um, maybe even Georgia Tech. But those are the schools that you're hearing. But I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, DJ Jeffries is going to be a Memphis Tiger. Um, I think he wants to stay home and has that opportunity. Have that, him and his family have a strong relationship with Penny, and I just can't see him going anywhere else. But it, it's always uh, it's like exciting for Memphis to get a first time a recruit ever decommitted. Uh, from John Calipari to commit to Memphis, I think that's that's really something special. Uh, I think Tiger fans are fired up. Tucky fans aren't happy at all. They've been all over Memphis Twitter um, and now trying to say they didn't really want the kid. Uh, I was talking to a lot of their, their beat writers and stuff at the time uh, when he first committed, saying that if Penny got the job, that he might decommit. And he was like, oh, there's no way nobody's going to decommit from Kentucky and go to lowly Memphis. Well, uh, you fast forward three or four months here, and uh, we might see that happen. So, um, I'm excited, man. I, I think, but I, like I said, at the end of the day, I think DJ Jeffries will be a Memphis Tiger. That's music to Memphis fans here, especially to kind of backhand Cal a little bit like that as well. Penny yeah. seems to be firing on all cylinders, man. He can't <laughs> be stopped. Let's talk some other 2019 targets and kind of go through some crystal balls of those guys of what y'all think it rivals, or maybe just you. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Trenton Wofford. I know you mentioned him. Tell me a little bit about him and sort of what you think he, his plan will be and where he'll end up. Uh, Trenton Wofford is uh, a five, five-star kid. Uh, we have him ranked 14th in the country in the class of 19. 6'8", 224-pound power forward. Uh, plays from Mountain Brook in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, played on the AACU circuit for M33M. Uh, has a strong relationship with Memphis assistant Mike Miller. Um, his brother, Kristen Wofford, uh, played for M33M uh, years ago when he was playing on the AAU circuit. Uh, so Mike Miller has known Trenton and his family ever since. I think, I think Trenton said ever since he was about – five years old. Um, he's known Mike Miller. So they have that, that strong relationship. But Trenton is a, a kid that I love. Really strong finisher in the lane. Uh, really good defender. Uh, good passer. Uh, he, he relies on, he does rely on his right hand a lot. Uh, everything goes to the right. Does need to continue to work on his, uh, his left hand. and needs to continue working on shooting. But he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades kid. I mean, he can do it pretty much everything. Good defender, good rebounder, um, high basketball IQ guy. Um, he's strong. Like I said, he can get down and, 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 and post up smaller, smaller defenders. 
Um, he has a soft touch. Um, I, I really love his game. I think he think he's going to be even better on the college level. Um, and, and I think, I, like I said, I, I thought the whole time he was going to Memphis. I mean, he's even been said to be recruiting other players. I know Matthew Hurt is another kid um, out of Minnesota that, that Memphis is recruiting. I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of an up here battle on that one. But I've heard that Trent has been recruiting him as well and as well as some other players. Um, I, I thought that he was going to Memphis, but it's kind of it's kind of weird. I still think he'll end up at Memphis, but it's kind of weird that he's saying that he might wait to the spring to commit. And I'm just kind of it's kind of interested in thinking what is he waiting on? Because uh, it seems like he's 100 uh, percent from Memphis, but I, I don't know if he's waiting to see what possibly what James Wiseman might do, uh, what some of the other, the other kids that Memphis is recruiting might do. But I think in the, in the end he'll end up at Memphis. But it is kind of perplexing that he said that he's going to wait till the spring. You hear about players sometimes doing that, you know, kind of hanging out and letting letting themselves be courted yeah. a little bit, you know, taking some visits and and not going ahead and committing. Although there is advantages to committing, you can you can start recruiting guys, you can put together yeah. a team around you, and you can go ahead and start getting prepared for your next transition. So I, I'm interested in that too because I felt the same way, and I was shocked to see that he was saying spring. But of course, that could all change with a tweet, you know, tonight that says he committed. You know, yeah, you know, you, you never know. He's good. Recruiting is always fluid. You'll have your guy. Oh, I'm going to wait. The spring and he'll commit the next day so right you, you never know what could happen I, I think he I, I would say I would put him at about if I had to put a percentage on it I'd say 75 80 percent Memphis he does have strong ties his brother played for for Indiana um Alabama's in there because he's from the Birmingham area so Alabama Avery Johnson is kind of, kind of recruiting him pretty hard I think those would be the two schools that you would look at um but I, I think at the end of the day he he ends up at Memphis um I think because he's built relationships I know Alex Lomax uh, was out there with him at the team um, USA camp, USA trials, um, and, and he has that strong relationship with Mike Miller um, and his fa- whole family. It has a really strong relationship with Mike Miller, and he talked about how much he loves Penny. Uh, I know in, in one AAU game, I think Penny and Mike were sitting there on the sideline, and he uh, had a big dunk, and he kind of looked at them and, 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 and flexed. I mean, you, you could just tell. Uh, that's why I was so shocked that he said he's going to wait till the spring because I, I was like, I had him at 100%. If you had asked me maybe a month, month and a half ago, so the, the waiting to the spring is kind of kind of ominous a little bit, um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think he'll end up at Memphis uh, when it's all said and done. And I know you mentioned Matthew Hurd a little bit talking about trending. So talk about Matthew Hurd a little bit and why it might be an uphill battle to land him in Memphis. Um, I, I love Matthew's game. Um, like I said, it's it, here's a question of whether him and Trenton could play together. That's why it's kind of interesting that Trenton was actually trying to re- help recruit him to Memphis. Kind of similar, uh, about, about the same size. Matthew Hurt is uh, 6'8", 6'9", uh, about 200 pounds. Uh, really good shooter. He's a guy that can, can pretty much do it all. Not really fantastic at anything outside of shooting, but solid at pretty much everything. Uh, he's another high basketball IQ player. Uh, I think he's an NBA-level guy. Along, I say the same thing about Trendon. Just some of the schools that are in there on him. A kid out of Minnesota, it's going to be tough for, for, for Memphis to come in and get a kid out of Minnesota. Uh, I think he has a lot of – Kansas is in on him. Duke is in on him. I, I think he'll end up at Kansas. Uh, that's my prediction for him. His brother is at Minnesota, and he has the opportunity to play with him as well. Uh, Minnesota is recruiting him real hard, and, and Memphis is in there. And I think, I think Memphis will get a visit. I think he'll come down. Uh, for a visit. Um, at the end of the day, I think uh, Bill Self pulls it off and he ends up at Kansas. But to, to even have an opportunity to get this kid, I, I wouldn't doubt Penny. Um, I, I, like I said, if I had to make a prediction, I'd go Kansas. But it wouldn't shock me uh, if he if he ended up going to Memphis. Uh, but I think they do have an uphill battle there, especially with him and Trenton being so similar. Um, I, I think that, that 
could be something that deters him away from Memphis. But we'll see. Uh, but my prediction on Matthew Hurts, he ends up at Kansas. Let's talk to spark plug C.J. Walker, who's on the rise right now. Just caught on fire recently in the AAU circuit. And I know that he ended up on Memphis' radar. We, the Penny and staff watched him in the summer circuit. And he had a, a couple incredible games just doing everything on the court and being the best player on the floor. And actually got a Memphis offer and about 40 other offers right <laughs> after that. So talk, talk about CJ and, and, and tell me a little about him and maybe what he'll end up. Yeah, I mean, he dropped, he dropped his top 12 um, actually a couple of days ago. It's, it's interesting to see these kids. I'm going to drop, drop my top 16. I'm going to drop my top 12. And you, half of those schools, they, they know that they're, they're not, there's no chance that they're going to those, those schools. I always think that's interesting. But, yeah, man, and talk about a kid who blew up. Uh, I mean, he jumped 44, 55 spots. Uh, 44 spots uh, from 99 to 55. We're right, 99 to 44 um, in our rankings. Uh, you see CJ Walker, he's 6'7, 190 pounds, small 40, plays for Orlando Christian Prep uh, down in Orlando. Uh, athletic, high motor, uh, really good rebounder. Uh, just continue, needs to continue to work on his shooting and ball handling, uh, which, are, which is a lot, a lot of these kids. All the tools are there. Uh, he just kind of needs to learn how to play basketball. When the, if, the, if the skills ever catch up, uh, with with an IQ and everything ever catches up with the tools that he has. I mean, he's going to be amazing. Um, but the kid was one of the best players in the evaluation period. Like I said, jumped up 55 spots in our rankings. I love the kid. I love him. Plays extremely hard. Kind of has that swagger uh, that, that you like to see in a kid. Um, and that's one of the kids in this class that I really hope they're able to get. Uh, I know he said at one point that uh, the offer from Penny uh, was the one that he was waiting on. Uh, that's a direct quote from him. So We'll see how it plays out, but I think Memphis is in there pretty strong, um, and, and, and we'll see. But I love C.J. Walker. I think he would really fit in uh, with this team um, and, and with the vision that Penny has for this program, um, and, and I love him. Um, but he, he's definitely definitely, definitely on their radar, um, and I, I think if I, if I had to bet on him, I think he ends up – it's crazy to, to say they're going to get all these kids, but I do think – I think C.J. Walker ends up in Memphis, Memphis as well. Yeah, and for more information on C.J. Walker, too, at the-barnburner.com, the professor just wrote an article on him. So if you like what you hear right now, check it out. Check it out. So let's talk the crown jewel of the 2019 class. That is James Wiseman, consensus number one player in pretty much any recruiting database in the country, and a guy that transferred to play for Penny at Memphis East, played for Penny's AAU team. And he is just a dominant force in high school basketball and projects to be an easy one-and-done, likely number one overall pick player, the kind of player that Memphis hadn't sniffed in 10 years. Tell me about Wiseman and uh, what's going on with him. Man, it, it's scary to, to say that this kid is nowhere near uh, the potential and where, where he could get to as a player. Uh, seven foot, only weighs 210 pounds, so you can see the growth that he can make there, man, because he definitely has – some a lot of room to fill out, but I mean he's I think he's going to be an absolute beast on the D1 level. Um, he's still still learning where where the developing his perimeter skills. He won't doesn't not not quite sure whether he wants to be inside player or does he want to be play play more as, as kind of a stretch four. Man, I, I just I just love it. Uh, like I said, he's already put on put on some strength and he's starting to finish more. I think his junior year, people said that he need to to develop more of his big man skills and and, and be more of a strong finisher because. He's gotten a, gotten a reputation of being kind of kind of soft at times, and I, but I think this year, I think he really stepped up, and I really think he's shown uh, that that he has that ability to be that force inside. And, and he's the type of player that if you get him on a college level, I think he'll just dominate. Uh, we saw 
at times what a guy like DeAndre Aiden to do. You got a guy seven foot tall. He's going to be hard to deal with uh, for anybody that you put him up against. There's not many seven footers in college, and especially one that's as skilled as he is. Um, I just think he's going to be unstoppable. You, he'll be a guy you could just dump the ball down low to and just get baskets. But he's working on his perimeter skills. He wants to be able to, to put the ball on the four, uh, shoot more, shoot threes, actually all the way out to the three-point range. So, and I think that he is the type of guy that could get there. Um, and he seems to be willing to put that work in um, to get there. But to kind of talk about the backstory, and you kind of mentioned it a bit, transferred from one of the most prestigious private schools, not only in Tennessee, but in the country, uh, from Nashville to come to Memphis East to, to play for Penny Hardaway. And I think that, that speaks volumes uh, of, of their relationship. And I always thought that if Penny got the job at Memphis, that, that James Wiseman would, would come to Memphis. A lot of people disagreed with me. It was like, oh, no, James is going to Kentucky. Kentucky's been in there for so long, but uh, I think Penny came in. I think he's made up a lot of ground. I think right now I would have James Wiseman as a Memphis lean. I would say 55-45 that he ends up at Memphis right now. You can never count out Cal. He's going to make a visit. He's going to get him on campus, and you know no Cal. Uh, so you can never count him out. I mean, they've just been a machine uh, over the last several years at Kentucky with getting those guys in there. So you never can count him out, but um, I think if you see – uh, kind of what's going on here. DJ Jeffries, a lot of these, these guys, Malcolm Dandridge is already committed. Alex Lomax is already there. Um, I think I, I think Memphis has a really good shot at that. And if I had to predict the day, I think James Wiseman does end up in Memphis. It's crazy to say, man, that Penny Hardaway first year could end up with the number one player in the, in the class. But um, I, I think there's a good possibility of that happening. That's just exciting. We're lucky to be joined again by Isaac Simpson, who is a Tiger Sports Report host and a Man K Pod host as well and, and does a lot of his work for rivals. And Isaac, again, we really appreciate you joining and taking the time to sit down with us and talk, talk some Tiger stuff. Let's talk about the Scully situation for 2019. Now, this is a situation that's discussed a lot because there is so many recruits coming in and Man. people worry, are we going to be able to fit all these guys in? How's it going to work? There's a lot of worry in, uh, in Memphis right now. What do you think about that? And is there any credibility to that? Are people going to transfer? What's the roster going to look like then? Yeah, it, it, is, it is interesting. Situation's crazy to go from, from not knowing what we're going to get done and recruiting to worrying about how can we take all these guys in. Um, it's interesting. And I, I really sat down and took a look at it uh, the other day. Initially, I was saying, man, I hate that they're not going to have the requisite scholarships to get these guys in. But when you look at it, there, there are ways to, to get, get this done. Um, and like you said, the main guys you look at, Dendrick is already committed. So that's one. You get Wiseman, Watford, uh, Walker, and DJ Jeffries. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of who I was missing. Uh, so that's, that's six guys. Uh, they have five guys going out right now, five outgoing seniors for 2018. Um, and there's a couple different ways that they could get six, maybe even up to seven. Uh, you look at Jaden Hardaway, who is Penny's son, who – He's going to be on scholarship this year. Uh, but I think if they need to take a kid uh, that, that's more talented, um, I mean, Penny could just take him off a of scholarship. That would give you a sixth scholarship. Uh, Ryan Boyce is another kid. He's going to be a walk-on this year. Now, Penny has said that he's going to put him on scholarship for, for um, uh, 1920, uh, but we'll see if, if that actually happens. So um, they already have five, um, and you look at, the possibility they could bring in six, maybe even seven guys. There's some other guys that we didn't even talk about. Daquan Walton, the kid from Team Thad that I really like um, that they're in on as well. So many, so many kids that they could, they could bring in, but I think they could find a way to get up to seven scholarships that they really want to – that's what they really want to do. Um, and I, you look at the roster, um, a, a transfer candidate you could see maybe after this year, especially with 
a lot of these guys that they're bringing in, being small forward, power forward type, is Victor Eno. Um, he's a, a holdover from um, the Tubby Smith era. Um, actually, he's a guy who only, only non-senior uh, holdover from the Tubby Smith era outside of Evan Olds, who was a, a walk-on sophomore. Um, he's going to be a sophomore this year. You could kind of see the writing on the wall that Penny is bringing all these guys in uh, that um, he, he could possibly want to leave at the end of this year. He could possibly be transfer a quote or pushed out, uh, so to speak. So if, if they want to take all these guys in, they can find ways to get the requisite amount of scholarships. I, I don't think it'll be a problem at all, especially not as much as I did before I really sat down and looked at it. Yep. Thanks for your thoughts on that. And kind of to transition out of, you know, this uh, basketball, which is on its way up right now, Memphis Madness, you know, they announced it's going to be a ticketed event this year for fire reasons, you know, expecting yeah. a lot of people, a lot of excitement. Yeah. Definitely been a minute uh, kind of transition to the football program, which has actually, you know, been relevant for the past few years and been oddly better and more exciting than our basketball program. Yeah. So just a few quick questions for you there. What do you kind of a win prediction for the football season? Man, it, it's, it's crazy because you look at the, the roster and you think, well, you lose Raleigh Ferguson, you lose Anthony Miller. It, it's going to be a down year, but, the way their schedule sets up, and I, I, I love it. Um, you you do have that tough game at Navy week two, but surrounded by that, you've got a game against Mercer. Uh, you got a game against uh, South Alabama, um, and you got a game against Georgia State. All three of those games are at home, so you think that's three wins. If you can get that win at Navy, you're 4-0, and and you got Houston and UCF, uh, which I think will be your biggest competition in the conference. you got both of those guys at home this year, um, I think, which really – could really help them. Um, they do have that game at Missouri, uh, which is going to be a tough one. Anytime you go on the road, even if it's a lower-tier SEC team, uh, they have one of the, the best quarterback prospects in the country. That's going to be a tough game. But I, I love the way this schedule sets up for Memphis. Um, it, again, you got questions at the quarterback position. Will it be David Moore? Will it be Brady White? Um, I thought all summer it would be David Moore, but kind of hearing some things now that, that Brady White might be uh, slightly in the lead right now. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. I think – there could be, I hate to say it's a little, little political. Um, you got a guy who uh, has a prior relationship with Mike Norvell from, from Arizona State. The kid was a top recruit at one point. Uh, he's really never got a chance to play. He's been injured uh, pretty much ever since he's been in college. So I think when he transferred here, I think he probably came here with the thoughts that he'd be quarterback one um, this season. So it's kind of interesting to see how that plays out. David Moore is only one of quarterbacks that are, that are fighting for this job that have actually been in the system. Uh, he's been here. Uh, this will actually be his third year because he redshirted one year. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But they have so much talent at the skill positions. Um, you got, um, uh, uh, got DeMonte Coxie, uh, Kadarian Jones, John Pop Williams, uh, Juco transfer Antonio Gibson at wide receiver, tight end. You got Joy Magnifico, Sean Dykes. Um, also the freshman, Tyce Daniel, uh, redshirt freshman, has, has looked really good in camp. Uh, so you got three tight ends there. You got. Um, a, lot, a lot of different options there, wide receiver, running back, Daryl Henderson, uh, Patrick Taylor. Um, you also got Sam Kraft coming back, Tony Pollard. So, you I mean, the talent is there. Whoever's the quarterback is going to have a lot of options there. I think this offense is still going to be as dynamic as we've seen in the past. I still think they're going to be able to, to score. Um, now it's just going to be how, how, the, how the quarterback position plays out. But I, I still love this team, um, and I think they could even have a better record than last year. I, I would say if the quarterback position works out, I, I think the team would win 10 or 11 games. If they win that game at Navy, I could really see this team going 11 and 1. And I know that's crazy after losing 
Ferguson and Miller, but I, I, I can really see that. I think this team is probably going to win more games than they won last year and end up right back there in the AAC championship game against Central Florida. But this time, I think it will be at Liberty Ball Memorial Stadium. It's definitely helpful to have that home court. Man, it, there seems like a lot of depth on this team this year. And, in fact, Norvell mentioned that some of the newcomers are challenging the, yeah, the starter for spots. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's always good to hear. And Norvell's just great at marketing the team and getting everyone hyped. But let's talk about Sam Kraft, too, in terms of getting hyped. Man, I watched <laughs> that video of him in the huddle, just firing the team up with hit him in the mouth huddle speech, and it had me ready to run through a wall. I was about to try out for the team as a walk-on. Isaac, what do you think about Sam Kraft? Do you think this is his year, and uh, do you think he's finally able to stay healthy? Man, I, I'm really rooting for that kid, man. You, you'll never find a kid that, that works harder than Sam. He's had so much, so many problems with injuries, man, and you really, you really root for a kid like that uh, to be able to bounce back. And I'm hoping that he, he comes back and is really a big part of the team and able to go out on, on his own terms because at last year he kind of struggled and he's been out with injuries uh, for, for a couple of years and it just, just hadn't worked out. But he's extremely talented. I think he brings something, uh, another dynamic to this team. I mean, he can line him up all over the field. I mean, he can wide receiver uh, in the slot. He could be running back. I mean, he can, can pretty much do it all. So I'm hoping that uh, he, he ends up being able to, to have a big year. But, yeah, man, that speaks to go back to it. I was right there with you, man. You feel like – had you fired up. Norvell's already that type of coach uh, to, to get you to, to run, a one, run through a wall, but that was a heck of, heck of a speech to, to hit him in the mouth uh, speech, like I said. So I'm, I'm really pulling for Sam, and, and I'm hoping that this is his year, uh, trying to get that six-year eligibility. It seems like he's been around for forever. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that he's able to go out on his own terms really pulling for Sam and, and, and hope that happens. So on a, a slightly less serious note, I don't know if you happen to catch the Jackson Dillett mullet interview that's kind of gone yeah. viral. I don't know your thoughts on that. It's kind of funny to see some of the guys, you know, sitting back, relaxing, just having a good time. I think that yeah. kind of speaks volumes for the culture that Norvell's built, you know, play hard, work hard type of type of culture. Yeah, man, Jackson Dillon, there are a lot of characters on his team and you definitely had to put Jackson at the top of that list. And I'm glad to see him back in, and healthy as well. Um, he's always a great quote in the locker room. Anytime you you talk with him, he's going to give you give you something. Uh, but yeah, man, Jackson, just same thing with Sam. Um, he's had um, a, a lot of issues uh, in and out with injury. Um, hated to see him go down last year because I thought he was poised for a big bounce back year. So hopefully this this is the year. He still still hasn't gotten clarity on on whether he's going to be eligible. But I think I think he'll be able to get that that six year waiver. Um, and I think he's going to be a big part of this team. Uh, from from that, that that defensive end position, but uh, we'll see, man. Uh, the defensive end linebacker position, sorry. Uh, but but Jackson Dillon is is fantastic. Like you said, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, like I said, he, anytime you talk to him, he's one of my favorite players to interview on the team. Uh, love, love his personality and a lot of and you, you kind of talked about it. The kind of looseness they take care of business on the field, but they can also not always so serious as well. And I think that's a a balance that you have to try to find. I think Mike Norvell has really really found that balance with this team. Yeah, and it seems like with uh, Jackson Dillon's tweet, we might get a sponsorship from Bush Light. So that's something looking up. Maybe the Tigers can, can partner with that beer brand there. Jackson yeah. Dillon putting us on the map in a lot of ways, uh, both on the gridiron and in the public eyes. And that's really exciting. Man, um, been sitting here talking. had the pleasure of joined by Isaac Simpson, who covers Memphis football and basketball for Rivals and also as a host of the Tiger Sports Report and the Man Cave Pod. And it sounds like Tiger Sports are completely on the up. We have exciting times going forward in Tiger Sports, in both football and basketball. And this has been another episode of The Backdoor Cut, part of the Barnburner Podcast Network. Isaac, man, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. And uh, go have a pina colada for us on the beach, buddy. <laughs> Will do, man. I really appreciate it. And anytime you guys guys need me on the program, I'm here. I love talking sports with you guys, man. I'm glad. Thank you for inviting me on.
Oh, you'll, you'll definitely be a regular guest, man. Take care. Yep. See you, Isaac. Thank you, guys.